Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Jeff Bedoten with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Podcast Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team in Casey and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valero and I discuss Christian Okoye. Joe, it's a little bit of a lull in uh, in the free agency period in the offseason here after the Chiefs really plunged into it and made some big signings. So we figured what better time to kind of go back to the past and talk about one of your former teammates, running back Christian Okoye, the Nigerian nightmare. Joe, you were saying how he was one of the coolest guys you'd ever played with. I, Jeff, there's probably I, I, it's so hard to put how I feel about Christian Okoye. I, he was literally one of the nicest human beings I, I think I've not just played with in the NFL, but just ever met. Um, genuine, um, humble, um, just friendly. Like with all, and then you watch him on the field and you're like, that guy? Like just destroying people, right? Like everybody, anybody who is over the age of, let's call it, I don't know, 35, 40 years old can go back to the, you know, the Tecmo Bowl days, right? Of, of video games when those football games, you know, became popular on, on video consoles like, you know, Madden and, uh, you know, some of the Nintendo and all those game systems, um, I'm showing my age a little bit, but like he was unbelievable, right? You, you, everybody wanted to be the Chiefs because you could literally score a touchdown in every possession with Christian Nkoye <laughs> because he was so dominating, right? I mean, he was he was humongous. Like when I saw him, just just to put it into perspective, Jeff, I tell people this all the time. You know, I come from the Ivy League, so of course, you know, I wasn't playing against you know the Notre Dames and Penn States and Michigans of the world. So I was dealing with you know one AA football and 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 even non scholarship football at that. Christian Okoye as our tailback. Okay, he wasn't even our fullback. He was the Chiefs' tailback. Okay, was bigger than every defensive tackle I ever played against in the Ivy League. And he wow. was our tailback. So it's like when I saw him, right, I knew, I knew the legend of Christian Okoye, the Nigerian nightmare, right, just from being a, a huge football fan of, you know, while I was in high school and college. And I see him. And I'm like, I've never blocked a guy that big. I need to run the ball behind him. I said, let, give me a 30s number, <laughs> give him my 73, and let me run the ball behind him because he was unbelievable as from, like, just as a, as, a, as a specimen, right, as a physical specimen. He, he was – then you th- couple in his speed, right, of course, because, you know, a lot of people do – I think they do know, but they, they don't know that, you know, Christian went to a school at the time, went to college. It was an NAIA school, right, Azusa Pacific, right? He went there – to, to, to shot put, he went there to throw the discus, the hammer, um, you know, he ran track, right? He was a sprinter um, and he played soccer growing up in Nigeria until he was 17 years old and he went off to college. So, you know, he, um, it's just like, you look at him and you're like, wow, like what an unbelievable draft pick right she's find this guy at this at this school called azusa pacific right in california and they make him a football player because the coaches there had to talk him into football 
Um, he only played a couple of years of football at Azusa Pacific. So the Chiefs really took a, took a flyer on him, and they went, they went for what they saw in potential over maybe, you know, somebody who was, a, you know, a 1,000, 2,000-yard rusher at Michigan or USC, right? And he, I think it paid off, right? I think it really paid off for, for the Chiefs in and, and the seasons that they had with him. And he was one of those original running backs, I think, that, that set the tone for the running games of the 90s. If people go back and look at the Marion Butzes of the world and, you know, the Kurt Warners and those big running backs, especially in the AFC West, um, it was a ground and pound, you know, kind of a philosophy for most teams back then, you know, just, um, he was, yeah, he was, he was, he was unbelievable talent wise. I mean, he obviously had that incredible year in 1989, uh, you know, almost 1500 yards rushing and only, he did that in only 15 games. Um, and you know, he was, you know, and he could run the long ones too. I mean, he, he was a guy that could break, you know, the forties. I mean, if you look at his stats from 87, 92, you know, long, his long runs of those seasons, 43 yards, 48 yards, 59 yards. So it's not like he was just a, a fullback who you brought in on third downs because he was 265 pounds. This is a guy that had sprinter speed uh, at his size. Um, amazing. You know, and, and one of the things I always say about playing offensive line for Christian Okoye, and I was so lucky to also to block for him in 91 and 92 before he retired. I mean, and he still, you know, he amassed about a thousand yards in 91, my rookie year. And he had about half, half that in, in 92 before the injuries just really, really caught up with him. Right. And um, I mean, this is a guy that we called them, we called them Okoye pads and we used to wear these uh, arm pads on the back of our uh, bicep triceps, right. On the back of our arms. Because when Christian turned, when he made his first cut and he went downhill, he basically was going to run over anybody that was in his way, whether you had a red jersey on or the opposing team's color jersey on. Like he was running you all over, and and so we would like you know if all of a sudden you felt a just something just crash into your back like a truck, you knew it was Christian <laughs> coming downhill, and you know I think. His success had a lot to do with, um, you know, Howard Mudd coming on and, and Marty, you know, obviously having that philosophy when Marty joined as head coach and bringing Howard Mudd, who was a zone blocking, you know, power blocking kind of a coach. Um, it really set Christian up for success, right? And that's why he had the 1,500-yard year, the 800-yard year, the 1,000-yard year. And, and I think um, had he had, you know, more of that durability – you know, he could have, you know, I think he could have played for, for longer because he was, he was that good. And he, he, you know, he just, but his, the problem with Christian is not being a, what I would call, uh, you know, like a pedigreed football player, right? When you look at some of the great running backs in Chiefs history, Marcus Allen, Priest Holmes, Larry Johnson, right? You look at some of those guys, those were, those were pedigree running backs. They probably played running back since the time they were seven in little league, right? And then they did it in high school and they did it in college and running for them, uh, you know, they were, they, it, it allowed them to gain other skills by being a full-time running back their whole careers. You know, they were able to catch the ball out of the backfield. And that was something I think that probably was Christian's biggest issue with making the transition from a power running back to a versatile running back. He just didn't have that long-term, long-time skill buildup 
to be able to make the transition of being a swing back out of the backfield, like a Todd McNair or, you know, somebody like that. And, and I think that's really why his career kind of just, you know, just kind of um, had to come to an end because he, he, he wasn't going to be, uh, you know, the, he wasn't going to be the type of running back that was going to be able to be that versatile. So, uh, and again, Jeff, I, I know I rattled off a lot and I got really long winded there and it's obviously just basically because of the passion that I have for the guy, <laughs> because he, he was, literally on top of all of that stuff just one of the one of the really coolest people i've ever met from a personality perspective and we'll get to that well more on the guy who is listed at 6'1 253 pounds as a running back and again this was this was during an era you know the late 80s early 90s when there weren't quite you know not every lineman was 300 pounds so it, it really gives you a sense of that but first a word from our sponsor Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. March Madness is upon us. Don't I know it, Joe, because I've been the Believe podcast uh, pool here, and boy, is my bracket just on fire in tatters and shambles, any way you want to describe it. But Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use the mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Uh, Joe, talk about, um, you know, Okoye was already, um, like you said, a rushing champion by the time you joined the team, already a, a big time deal, already kind of the perfect back for Marty Ball. So what was like your, do you remember kind of your first interaction or how you met him or, or, or something like that? Yeah, I mean, I remember just coming in, you know, into minicamp, you know, that year um, after the draft, um, you know, Christian was one of those first guys that would come up and, and, and introduce himself. And, you know, it, it was like, here was a guy that was, a, you know, like you said, rushing champion, star of Tecmo Super Bowl, right? I mean, this guy, there was no, there was no need for him to go out of his way. Uh, but I'll just never forget that first minicamp, him coming up and, and he loved to call me Joey. Uh, and he had that <laughs> awesome Nigerian accent um, and it just was so warming he had such a warming voice you know he's like hey Joe nice to meet you and then ultimately as we got to know each other he started calling me Joey hey Joey <laughs> uh, you know and uh, he just it's just I'll never forget you know him coming up to me right here I am you know wide-eyed rookie out of Penn right and coming from the Ivy League again seeing a guy 260 Listen, I, he was a biscuit away from 265. I don't care what those <laughs> that, that 253 you don't think was was so accurate. Huh? I think that was a program weight to make make the opposition think he was actually a little smaller than he was um, because they didn't so want him. Just to give fans and listeners perspective, so if he was about 260, 265, I mean, in, in that era, didn't the Chiefs have some defensive linemen or offensive linemen who weren't that, that much yeah. – I mean, different weight-wise? Listen, Derek Thomas, you know, would tip the scales, you know, as, as our, you know, not great, he was a linebacker, but, like, you know, he was tipping the line, scales 255, 260. You know, Neil Smith, 280. Um, Bill Moss, right, who was another guy from my area, right? He went to a rival high school of mine, um, you know, played at Pitt. You know, great all-pro defensive tackle, right, for those years out of Pitt, 280, 285, right? I mean – That's a D tackle. Yeah. That's, yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, these guys were not like it was back then. I mean, you know, look, I just think about our offensive line alone. You know, I mean, 
uh, you know, Rich Baldinger, 295, 300. I was 295. Dave Zott was 285, 290. Uh, you know, um, Timmy Grunhard, you know, was 300 even. You know, so like we we were not – it wasn't like today, right, where you see these guys, that, you know, these guys are 320 pounds um, and, and, and look the way they look. Um, it, it was definitely, you know, we're going back now, you know, 30 years, right? I mean – and, and, you know, to have that kind of size and his speed, I mean, the guy ran a four five, wow. right. I mean, I mean, it's like when, when, and, and some people have even said that he, he was actually sub four five. He was like in the 4.45 range. Right. I mean, it just, he was, he was just a, he was an unbelievable athlete and, and, and he just, and he looked just so athletic, you know, I mean, when you saw him, you're like, number one, I would have been scared to play him on a soccer field. Like, he, cause that was his, you know, that was his first sport. I could see, you know, his, his body type for throwing the shot or doing the discus and the hammer throw and those kind of like track and field events. He had that kind of body. Like when you see those sort of thick guys with shorter mm-hmm. arms, cause that, that really makes for a good, you know, what they would call in track and field, a, a weight person, right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in the weight events. And he, he looked a lot like that. So I wouldn't have been totally surprised if I would have seen him on a track, you know, field and, and throw, throwing the shot. I said, Oh yeah, he looks like a shot putter, but then put a football in his hand and have him run a four, four forty or like, wait a minute, hold on. Like this, again, I'm going back to my little statement. Give me the ball. Let me run behind this guy because I can't, you know, he, he should be blocking for me. Um, you know, and if, I think if only I think, Joe, they had you at the tight end during that era, they could have had a 260 pound running back, a 300 pound tight end. They had the biggest offense in the history of the NFL. Oh, you know, they just missed the boat, right? <laughs> uh, just missed the boat. You know, and look, again, I go back to his his life, and, and I don't want to, you know, speak out of school and bring up things from, you know, from Christian's past that are, are private and things like that, but it's it's out there, and, and people know about it. You know, he he lost a child um, in, in 1990, um, uh, died of neonatal asphyxia, you know, it was medical condition. And, you know, he, he at the time, you know, had had two children. Um, it just, you know, and then he now has three kids and, and, you know, to be able to deal with that and to be, you know, uh, positive in your life, to be go through those kind of, those kind of things in the middle of a career. Um, you know, it just, he, he just had such a great demeanor about him and you know, it affected him and you know that, Look, at, at the time when his body started to fail him, it was time for him to move on to deal with those things in his personal life, right? And just a fantastic dad. You know, we're friends on social media. We still still get in touch, you know, through social media here and there. Um, the things he's done post-football, you know, he obviously uh, is the founder uh, and, and chairman and president of the California Sports Hall of Fame. So he's, he's out there celebrating people from, um, you know, from California and their events. He was, he was on, he was on uh, the Pirate Master. My, my, and, and I made my family watch that because we're, we're huge Survivor fans. And, and it, was like, it was like a combination of Survivor and Big Brother, but on this pirate ship. And, and my daughters were like, dad, like, you know him. I'm like, yeah, I really know him. Well, I mean, let's, let's text them. Let's send a message on Facebook. I'll show you. And they were like, thought it was so cool. So he, he was, he was great on that. Um, you know, he, he was on the, the Joe's versus pros, uh, you know, that was one of those, um, you know, kind of reality things where they had, had everyday people kind of competing against professional athletes. He, he did, he did celebrity boxing. Like he's always maintained, 
a really cool attachment to sports because they've been you know so important to him and every time you see him on something like that or you, or you re, you see him on social media it's always something positive right the guy is he just exudes positivity and that's why I love being around him and and like I said he came up to me right here he is all pro he's the famous Christian Okoye at the time it was probably you know he probably was carrying the banner for I think Kansas City in yeah. the late 80s and early 90s, right? As far as you know, marquee players before Joe and, and Marcus got there. Um, I just, I always, I always like to see, you know, and think about maybe if he, if he just, if his health would have held on, um, what, what he could have done in a West Coast offense and how, if, if he could have made that adaptation bringing in, you know, and how he could have supported a, a, a Marcus Allen and a Joe Montana. I just think it would have been really cool to see if Paul Hackett could have developed something around Christian. Um, to, to, to sort of augment what they were doing with the West Coast offense. I think the, his biggest problem was the fact that he didn't have the best set of hands. Mm-hmm. And he'd probably be the first person to admit that, you know, because, it, like I said, it wasn't his natural sport, right? It wasn't something like those other running backs had grown up doing. But, uh, yeah, just, a, just, you know, just an unbelievable guy from a, from a personal perspective as well. And whether he could have made that transition to the West Coast office or not, he certainly was the perfect back for Marty Ball. I mean, just a, a guy you can just pound, keep pounding the rock. Well, Joe or or Joey is as Christian. <laughs> as Christian like to say, I don't relax well with my crazy life. It's just hard for me to shut off my brain and chill. I overthink. I get easily stressed out, and then everything sucks. So I did my homework and found Sunday Scaries, which are delicious and vitamin boosts boosted CBD gummies. They become a must-have in my daily routine, and they chill me out in just about 20 minutes. Basically, they help me take the edge off so I can maintain my composure and live scare-free. And there's no risk to buy. The company offers a 100% lifetime money-back guarantee. If the product's not for you, that's okay. You'll get your money back. Sunday Scaries in the stress-relieving business, not the stress-causing business. I got you 25% off to prove it. Visit sundayscaries.com and use my promo code BLEAV for your discount. That's promo code BLEAV for 25% off at sundayscaries.com. They're effing amazing, and you won't regret joining their squad. Was a Sunday scary. Great segue. He would have been somebody you'd have needed that Sunday (laughs) Sunday scary CBD to calm yourself down. That actually brings me to my point. Great segue there, Joe. do you remember just being in the trenches of the line of scrimmage, hearing defenders being saying like, you know, could you, you get the sense guys <laughs> want to talk to tackle them? Or do you, do you even remember defenders uttering that like, Oh man, you know, I have to tackle this guy or what something like that. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. You know, you know, I remember talking with, with guys on the line being like, you know, how many carries is he going to get a game? You know, like, you know, I, I think something that probably really took defensive players by, by, just surprise bill jones who was our starting fullback back then right in in the early 90s when i was there was probably you know 510 i don't know bill's stats but if i had to guess i mean i could certainly look it up but you know bill was probably 510 you know 511 like 215 pounds maybe as our fullback <laughs> i mean imagine him lined up as a fullback in front of Christian, right? How funny that would have looked, right? And how funny that must have looked to defenders. 
Um, and a lot of people don't may not may may or may not know this, but a little piece of trivia about Christian. His last name Okoye means Sunday. Oh, so, really? So how destined was he, right, to be somebody who succeeded on Sundays, right, coming to the That's NFL, cool. performing on Sundays? So, you know, he just, um, yeah, he 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 was a handful. He he was a handful to bring down. Um, he had legs that just kept on moving. He was really hard to wrap up. You know, watching defenders, um, you had to gang tackle Christian. I mean, there was there was a swarm, and what that really really did, Jeff, if you if you think about it, it was it set the Chiefs up for a lot of success with play action game. You know, I mean, when, when you, when you think about having a back like Christian that you have to fear getting the ball in any situation, whether it was first and 10 or third and two, it really did set up the play action. And I think that's why Steve DeBerg, Dave Craig had such great success with the play action game. And you think about what we were doing you know, what we did against the Eagles in 1992 when we had no right beating that team who had come into Arrowhead, you know, 5-0. and um, and, and, you know, the play-action threat just set everything up, you know. And, and that was where I think the biggest benefit was. And yeah, he, did he fit Marty's system perfectly? Absolutely. As a smash-mouth Marty Ball, you know, running back. But he also gave a lot of flexibility to the playbook in, in what you dealt with with play action. And I think some of the receivers that we had during those eras and that he had during the eras before I even got there in the late 80s, you know, I think it really set them up for a lot of success as quarterbacks because of, of what he was able to, to – the threat he was able to pose, you know, in the backfield. That Eagles game you mentioned um... – my favorite Chiefs game that I've ever attended in person as a fan, you know, before I kind of uh, uh, started covering them long before. And of course, I'm wearing my Koye jersey, so I'm not looking like a very, you know, unbiased reporter right now. But game was so fun because it was a nationally televised game against a really, really good Eagles team. And they just thought we were going to run the ball came up stacked against the line and just went deep on this play action the whole game was saying and just destroyed him was uh so much fun and joe it's to bring it back a little bit you mentioned how okoye was so good for that play action game Uh, bruce arians was saying during super bowl week that for many of his quarterbacks he would show them footage of steve deberg on this play action pick because that's just uh you know the absolutely the way way to do it that it was really like absolutely just a clinic there for sure so yeah oh jeff you bring up a great that's a great segue and and we we, you know we should talk about bruce arians right i mean obviously the special relationship that he had with that group of running backs um including christian during those times i mean they had an amazing relationship um bruce and christian to watch uh the way that bruce was able to weave you know working with joe pendry who was the offense coordinator when i got there early um, in my Kansas City tenure, um, you know, to watch the way that Bruce and Joe Pendry worked together to weave Christian into that, and 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 I think I think Bruce's ability to coach Christian and to get him to that next level, you know, his first couple years there, you know, he he had good years, but he didn't have that great year until Bruce got there, right? Until Bruce was able to really work with him and to teach him a lot of the finer skills of the game. Um, and I think he was an incredible mentor uh, to Christian. And to watch that relationship was, was really cool, um, you know, because Bruce was, you know, literally one of, the, 
one of the top players, coaches that I was ever around um, in my career and the way that he, the way he interacted with his players and, and how much respect they had for him and the relationship and trust that, that, that they had all built together. Really, really cool to watch that uh, unfurl as, uh, as a young player. Yeah, great analysis there, Joe. Did you also remember uh, any stories of uh, experiences of Okoye in the weight room? Was he just like a wonder in there because he was such a big dude, or do you not have that many? He, no, no, I do, I do. He, I, surprisingly, Jeff, he was not like a um, – look, he was very naturally strong, right? Mm-hmm. He, was, he was very, very naturally um, – uh, you know, he just had that natural tendon – and musculature strength that a lot of you know great athletes have that don't need to spend a lot of time in the weight room. Was he dedicated to the weight room? Absolutely. Christian was dedicated to being in the best physical shape that he could always be in. But he wasn't a killer in the weight room. I mean, he was not. He was not that guy that you'd see. You know, the the bars breaking. You know, as he's bench pressing. I think he had a lot of very natural gifts um, as an athlete. You know, I think about guys like that I played with that were like that. Um, Dave Lutz was a lot like that. There's a blast from the past, number 72, right, from when I got there out of Georgia Tech. Um, You know, Dave was not a huge weight room strong guy, but, man, like on the field, he'd lock out his arms, and you felt like he was bench pressing 700 pounds. Mm -hmm. But he was not a guy that was so – well, you know, I'll call that bar bar bending in in the weight room, putting thousands of pounds up on on bars. Dan Salamua was another guy like that. He just, you know, naturally strong. You know, you know, I think Christian had a lot more of that than he did. Like he he was not that guy in the weight room. Like some of us had to be because we didn't have those natural tendencies. Um, but he was dedicated. Don't get me wrong. He was a guy that was always working out, spent a lot more time, you know, on, on the things that he needed to from an agility perspective uh, when it came to working out than, than the actual weight room. Dedicated, but he wasn't like the kind of person that you would see winning, you know, powerlifting titles, um, you know, in, in the Olympics. That's interesting to hear. And I, I love hearing also these old school names, guys I grew up rooting for, like Sally Amua. We want to give a brief moment to talk about our newest sponsor, eBay. Whether rare dead stock or the latest release, find the exact shoe you're looking for. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop pair you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box logo, stitching in dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives a guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity, and it also protects sellers with a verified return process. And for sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers $100 or more, making it free to sell or flip your collection. Go to ebay.com sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering Great value and unique. Before we go off the eBay thing, I got another eBay story from my father-in-law, awesome. George, and and Christian Okoye. My father-in-law, through eBay, through collecting on eBay and where he does 95% of his sports memorabilia transactions, he has a set of football cards. I think he may be one of the few people that has all of them. He has these, these Christian Okoye cards that have um it spells out chiefs and they're all christian okoye 
and it's all pieces of his jersey embedded within a football card. I don't know if you've ever seen those kind of football cards where they embed the jersey or a piece of memorabilia within the card, but he has. It's one of his prized pieces of his collection, and I think he got all of them on eBay was, uh, was, the, was the Christian Okoye set of the Christian Okoye jersey cards that spells out Chiefs. So there's like a C, an H, an I, an E, an F, and an S. And in each of those letters is pieces of Christian's jersey uh, that he has. So it's one of his prize collections, an eBay and Christian Okoye tie-in right there. I did it. Great. Well, uh, nice little anecdote there. We've got to have him on the on the show one of these days. I'll have a Rocky Okoye jersey again. Well, Joe, when you were blocking for Christian Okoye, is that different than, you know, when you're blocking for Marcus Allen or guys like that, that down the line that in the sense that he's such a big guy and maybe needed a little less space to get through? Um, yeah, I think, I think one of the things that, you know, that, that I think you ha- when you have a Christian Okoye, um, it's really about his first cut, right? And, and I think when you're blocking for a player like him who is a downhill runner, um, not that Marcus wasn't, but – you know, Marcus, it, it, he, he, Marcus always had, you could get, let me see what I'm saying. I'm trying to word this right. Marcus needed a little bit more time to find a hole. Christian would either find it or make it. So his first cut, I think, if I were to go back and watch film and, and watch it in real time, right? Don't slow it down. Don't do slow motion and watch it in real time. I think you'd see Christian hitting the hole a little faster than a Marcus. Marcus could, he had sort of the, not that Christian wasn't agile running a 4-4-40, but Marcus had a little bit more of that side-to-side agility than Christian did. So once Christian decided he was going downhill, he was going downhill. And a lot of times he needed to make that decision fast. So it was, the plays with blocking for Christian, you knew were going to happen a lot faster than Marcus. So you needed to, you needed to hold your blocks a little bit longer for a Marcus Allen or a running back that has that kind of stature, right? Where they're they're a little more slender and a little bit a little bit you know less rocky than than, than a Christian Okoye, and and you always knew that you were going to have to sustain your block a little bit longer for a Marcus or a Priest Holmes or maybe a Clyde Edwards Hilaire, right? Who are a little bit more slight because Christian was going to break a lot of arm tackles. So really, you just kind of had to get that initial push for Christian, CO, as we like to call him. Um, you know, and that's Bruce Arians kind of gave him that nickname. And when CO was going downhill, you knew that an arm tackle, somebody sticking an arm out, wasn't going to stop him. So, you know, you, you knew that you had a little bit more margin of error blocking for a Christian. And I'll throw Barry Word into that um, category as well. You know, Barry Ware was a 245 pound tailback, right? What a combo those two guys work together, <laughs> right? When you think about Ward and Nikoye, right? Um, you know, with those two guys, you had more margin of error as a lineman. So you could really focus on getting that push. Like you could really blast out there as a lineman and really attack the line of scrimmage, knowing that if you made a mistake, Christian was going to bust through an arm tackle where if you made that same kind of mistake with a Marcus, you know, a good solid defensive tackle, Cortez Kennedy, right? There's another name blast from the past in the Seahawks or a Leslie O'Neill from, from the, from the chargers going back to those dominant nineties defensive tackles and defensive ends. Those kind of guys were going to be able to tackle a Marcus with their arm 
and where they weren't going to be able to do it with Barry or Christian. So I think, I think long story long, I think you, you definitely had more margin of error and it allowed you to be more aggressive blocking for CO than it does for a, a, a Marcus uh, or a back like that. Joe, that, that's great analysis. That, that's really interesting to hear kind of their running styles and, and what it was like to, to block for them. Just great stuff. Yeah, it's, a, it's and, and I think when, when fans, when they watch, you know, when they watch offensive line play and you watch the guys up front, you have to know who's in the backfield, right? You have to know who's back there and how they're blocking for that player. And just in different situations, and you, if you see Clyde Edwards-Alaire back there and, and, and they end up running off tackle and you're taping the game or, or, or you can rewind on your DVR or whatever, like rewind it and watch the different techniques that offensive linemen use when they're blocking, when it's third and short and you got your fullback back there, right, who's 250 pounds, or you're blocking for a Clyde Edwards Lair who's, you know, barely breaking 200 pounds, right? They just, you have to sustain blocks longer. You've got to work together to, to get pushed, but you've also got to stay on those blocks longer rather than just coming out and just pounding that defensive tackle, trying to get them to move back so that Christian can then plow even further, right? So, Diff, totally different blocking styles. And that's why I think, you know, when you look at the way that the Chiefs offensive line transformed from 1992 to 1993, right, and, and, and you saw the different style of play, you know, um, you saw a completely different style of linemen start to come up in, in, in over, over the 90s, right? We had holdovers, right? Me, Grunhard, Zott, right? Dave Lutz retired, John Alt hung on, um, you know, you saw Dave Zott and Tim Grunhardt's blocking styles change, the advent of bringing a, a more athletic Will Shields into the West Coast offense, right? I mean, you just see how lines, they adapt and, and to the various um, styles of play. Very interesting stuff. Well, you have, if you enjoy this show, which is presented by Bet Online, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.